Let's see here. It is uh, 22 October, Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. Dumbocracy. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, we got some news from Israel today. Um, you know what I've done is, I like I said last week, I've got every single article that I can find that I think is of value posted on thecgreport.com. So if you want to know what's current in Israel and you're not finding it in MSNBC or wherever you go to get your news, I have linked them from the Times of Israel and from Breitbart and from all the normal news services that are out there. So what I've done, rather than, uh, like I said last week, getting into a lot of detail about the war, and we're kind of waiting for the ground war to really take place anyway, um, I've just picked a couple of things that I thought were maybe you hadn't seen over the past week and uh, that I just thought were interesting. Um, this one, it's gotten out into a couple of the mainstream uh, news services, but it's not something that has made any, uh, you know, big news. And this was right at the beginning of this ground war. When Hamas came in, they started lobbing missiles as well. And one of the missiles hit a Israeli children's hospital and supermarket. Okay, now Israel obviously did not bomb a hospital in Gaza. But that's all we've heard on the news, even after it's been refuted, it's been debunked, it's been rebuked. I'm giving you a lot of superlatives there. Um, uh, it, it's completely by the wayside. And yet people are still pushing this in some mainstream news services. It's a lie. Okay. 550 people did not die. A, a few people died in a parking lot that were bombed by their own people. Okay. And the world is upset at Israel, and they're saying you can't have a ground war now, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. And yet, right at the beginning of this, they targeted and hit a hospital. Every single missile that you see fly into Israel, every single one of those missiles is targeting civilian populations. They're not targeting the military. So for anybody to say that Israel does not have a right to defend itself and to go in and completely lay waste to Gaza is not dealing with the right deck. Okay, they're not dealing you the right cards because this is the reality of this situation. They went in and massacred civilians. They have bombed constantly civilians, and it is not Israel's fault that they have a better defense system than Hamas does. They have a better defense system. They pluck most of them out of the sky. The people are safe, but Hamas is targeting civilians. You need to make sure you tell people this, that they understand what is going on. Israel has better defenses. That's the only difference. And when it comes to targeting within Gaza, the real difference is that Israel does not target civilians. If civilians are killed, it's because they were used as human shields. So enough of that. I just wanted you to know that in case you had not heard that a hospital was hit in Israel. From Fox, anti-Israel sentiment leads to Berlin official to reluctantly ask Jews to hide their faith. Now, this was earlier last week, but it's one of the interesting stories that I came across, and they're all going to be like this. They may be a little outdated, but they are interesting if you have not heard them. Anti-Israel sentiment that has led one Berlin official during an interview to reluctantly suggest that Jewish residents hide their faith in the wake of the Israel-Gaza war. Nobody should hide their faith ever. They should not have to, okay, in Australia, the same thing happened. They told the Jews to stay home. Do not come out because the Muslims are rioting and protesting. 
well, the Muslims need to be arrested and put in prison. That's, right. That's what needs to happen. Speaking right. with the German news site, their Spiegel Integration Commissioner, I can't pronounce his name, Gunnar, I guess, Balci, uh, placed blame primarily on political leaders who have failed to address anti-Israel attitudes in favor of fighting anti-Muslim racism. What happens on a large scale in some city, New Cologne, I guess, because we have a significant share of people with Arab roots, exists on a smaller scale in other cities. Political leaders have ignored the problem for decades. Many didn't think anti-Israel attitudes were that big of a problem and also weren't worried about the strengthening of political Islam. But when you let in millions of people into your country that are against your ideology and against the ideology of Jewish and Christian people, you're going to get this. And that's what they've been doing. They haven't been paying attention to their own policies. Interior Minister Nancy Fraser of the SPD even dissolved the expert working group addressing political Islam. Now, that was a stupid thing to do. That clearly shows that the issue is not a priority, she said. Balchi advised Jewish residents to hide their faith for their safety. Unbelievable. Times of Israel. IDF raises Palestinian pizzeria in West Bank after Ad mocks elderly hostage in Gaza. She was abducted by Hamas. They got a picture of her and they used it for their advertising for pizzas. And Israel didn't like that. So the IDF demolished a pizzeria in the northern West Bank town of Huara after it posted an ad online that included a photo of an elderly Israeli Holocaust survivor who was taken hostage by terrorists in Gaza. The ad posted to the establishment's Facebook page featured an undated photo of the woman making a victory sign alongside a pizza with their message to customers, you are welcome. An accompanying text message featuring many laughing emojis. Settlers got wind of the ad and began gathering around the shop calling it to be demolished. The IDF arrived at the scene and a decision was made to shut it down. An IDF bulldozer raised the front of the shop and it was to be subsequently sealed by the army. Prime Minister Netanyahu was personally involved in the move. Good move. Central Command Head Yehuda Fox signed a military order directing the pizzeria to be closed for five months due to incitement and support for terror activities. The owner of the pizzeria was also detained. Mail online. Stanford. You know, I was listening to Proverbs this morning on the way to church, and it says that, you know, when people are not... uh, This is Charlie Garrett paraphrase. I'm just telling you what it said, not quoting it. Uh, When... People commit crimes and they're not swiftly punished. The wicked will take it to heart and they will become more wicked. And that's exactly what happens around this world. That's what's happening all over every Democrat city in the United States of America. And Israel does not want that to happen there. And so they're going to challenge these people when they do things they should not be doing. Mail Online Stanford lecturer suspended after ordering Jewish students to raise their hands and sit in a corner in public shaming over the oppression of Palestinians. The instructor reportedly asked Jewish and Israeli students to identify themselves before telling them to grab their belongings and stand in a corner. He also reportedly stated that Hamas represents the Palestinian people and the acts of terrorism they committed over the weekend were 100% legitimate. Again, this was early last week. The or earlier this week, which is pertaining to last week. The lecturer has reportedly since been suspended from Stanford. That's what got me, is he ought to have been fired on the spot for what he said. On the spot, you're gone. Okay, we got some news from Christianity today. From the Christian Times, Christian teacher sacked after refusing to teach LGBT lessons. Now, this is in the UK. 
A Christian teacher has claimed she was treated like a criminal after being sacked by, get this, a Church of England school. Wow. Yeah, Gladys Ledger. And the worst thing is, I mean, for them, talk about a conundrum, she's a black lady. So they, they preferred LGBT over her race. You know, they got to make these, these decisions and which one do we go with today? A modern languages teacher was sacked by Bishop Justice Church of England School in Bromley, Kent. She says her sacking was because she refused to teach extreme LGBT lessons and because she shared her Christian beliefs on these issues with pupils. She's in a Church of England school. The 43-year-old had objected to the content of year seven lessons, which had been incorporated into the religious education classes. The Christian Legal Center, which is supporting the 43-year-old, said lesson materials are included extreme content on gender identity with themes that begin to suggest to children that humans can be born in the wrong body and introduce controversial gender identities such as pansexual, asexual, intersex, and transgender. I'm not going to read any more of this. I'll just quit with that, but you get the point. This is Church of England School. And they're firing her for standing up against this nonsense as a Christian. From the Christian Post, Pakistan court denies kidnapped Christian woman's request to return to family. Now, you think you got it bad in America? A court in Pakistan has ruled against a kidnapped Christian woman's plea to return to her family. The woman was abducted by her former Muslim employer on May 16th from her home. Three days after the abduction, a police complaint was filed. However, the police investigation did not ensure her safe return. Her father was quoted as saying that a court has denied his daughter's return home despite her confession statement about her abduction, where she expressed her desire to live with her parents. The victim's statement was tampered with by a female judge, obviously a Muslim, adding that the judge, under questionable circumstances, declared her married and thus ineligible to return to her parents. After Amjad's statement in court, imposing a decision against her will is legally unacceptable, he said. This is what goes on over there. From the Christian Times, bishops break ranks over blessing for same-sex couples. I had a lady in the UK that attends online email me this week about this very occurrence here. And she said, what do I tell my bishop? He is not one of them that is protesting this. And I told her exactly what to tell him. I don't know. She said she'd use it, but that's her choice. But, uh, I, you know, I didn't get into a lot. I said, don't quote a lot of scripture. The guy already knows that this is wrong. You're not going to do any good shoving scripture back in this guy's face. You need to tell him exactly what he's doing. Be brief and tell him that he ought to just resign from his position if he's not going to hold to the biblical values. But I, that's a, just a brief uh, snapshot of what I told her. But I wasn't very long in what I said. If this guy is not one of these bishops, he needs to go. 11 COE bishops are refusing to back plans to introduce blessings for same-sex couples. Now, there's hundreds of bishops, only 11, only 11. A joint statement has been issued by Premier Christianity after the House of Bishops that was commending the prayers of love and faith for use, as well as a process to formally authorize them under canon law. The House of Bishops further announced that the proposals will need a two-thirds majority in the General Synod, with the vote expected to take place in 2025 following consultation with dioceses. Why are you consulting anybody about this issue? Why are, why are they even talking about this issue? This is against Scripture, but obviously they don't care about that anymore. 
Elsewhere, they called on bishops to have due regard to the obligations of good and proper governance and reconsider the proposed course of action, sharing the profound concerns of many in the COE and in the wider communion with heavy hearts, we find it necessary to dissent publicly from the decisions of the house. These people are making a stand and every single bishop in the COE should be signing on to it, but that will not happen. I feel so bad for people that are in a church like that, where that's the only church they got in their town, they have nowhere else to go, and they got a bishop that is willing to concede to that kind of nonsense. We got some news from the Middle East and Africa today. From the Telegraph, EU-funded water pipelines, despite Hamas boast, it could turn them into rockets. Not just boast that they could, they've got videos filmed by Hamas digging up all of the water pipelines that the EU put in and cutting them into pieces, and now they're being sent into Israel. The EU helped to build more than 30 miles of water pipelines for Palestinians despite Hamas terrorists boasting of their ability to forge an arsenal of homemade rockets from pipes. Brussels has poured almost 100 million euros into pipeline projects in territories controlled by the Islamist group over the last decade. The revelation comes amid a mounting international row over future handouts to Gaza amid fears humanitarian donations could fall into the hands of Hamas. In 2021, footage emerged of Hamas terrorists excavating pipes from the desert that were eventually fashioned into homemade rockets. Put that, you know, when I went to Laos years and years ago, There's no coordination between governments. Everybody wants a piece of Laos, but they don't coordinate with other governments what they're going to do. So I was walking down the street with some of the locals there, and they were there was a brand new street that was put down. And the Japanese were at the beginning end of that street, and they were tearing the street up. And I said, why are they doing that? And they said, well, they need to put in water pipes. So one country come in and put in new streets for the people in uh, Vientiane, Laos, and then the Japanese needed to put in water pipes. Well, this is the kind of thing that's going on down there. We're going to send money down there to put in pipes, and as soon as they're put in, before they're even hooked up to the water facility, Hamas is digging them up and turning them into bombs. And there's no coordination. There's no care. We feel good because we've helped out the people in Gaza. They haven't helped anybody. They got no water from those pipes, and they also have caused damage to Israeli homes and communities. From the Free Beacon, Iran has made $80 billion in illicit oil sales since Biden took office. $80 billion in oil alone. Trump had them down to their very last $1 billion of reserves. Biden went in. And they have now gotten $80 billion in oil sales, along with everything else that they sell illegally. Iran's oil exports have hit a five-year high due to the Biden admin's decision to relax economic sanctions as a part of an effort to cajole Tehran's hardline regime into inking a revamped version of the 2015 nuclear deal. This revenue, analysts say, has enabled the hardline regime to funnel cash to its regional terror proxies, most notably Hamas, which is currently waging an unprecedented war on Israel with Iran's backing. Iran is reported to have helped plan Hamas's attack and given the terror group the go-ahead to conduct it. Hamas officials have also publicly stated that Tehran provided support for its surprise invasion. With the resurgence of Iran's primary revenue source, oil, into play, it's paramount to recognize the substantial financial leeway they've gained through years of relaxed sanctions. 
This surplus not only sustained them, but also significantly fortified their proxies, such as Hamas in the Gaza Strip and Hezbollah in Iran. In other words, you get Biden, his not enforced these sanctions, and he's relaxed some other ones. And the only thing he has done is caused harm to the Jewish communities. That's all he's done. He hasn't helped anything. Now, I almost, I won't say what I almost did, but I'll give you the uh, the uh, motion. I almost did that when I read um, uh, Hananiah Naftali. He posts every week or every day on Telegram, and he's supporting Israel. And I, he's a Jew that's in Israel. He's a Christian, and he's in Bibi's cabinet. And he always says nice things, and but he also calls out the Hamas terrorists and all this. And I get these notifications to tell me when he's posted something. And I got one earlier in the week that thanked Biden, the great supporter of Israel, because he was over there and, and he's wow. promising to tend to, you know, I understand that you need to be diplomatic when you're in a government position, but it's better not to say anything than to lie. That's the first tweet I've ever come across from that guy that I thought I disagree with that. But like I said, I almost did this right on my computer screen reading that. The guy has done nothing but damage Israel his entire career. And the United States and the minority issue, everything, everything that man has touched has been destroyed by him. Breitbart, Biden's DHS admits terror suspects increasingly trying to cross border. No kidding. Officials with DHS's Office of Intelligence and Analysis issued its Homeland Threat Assessment report late last month. Buried in the report, officials admit that individuals with potential terrorism connections continue to attempt to enter the homeland and recognize a surge in terror suspects trying to cross the border. Our southern border is wide open, and they're coming in, they're flooding into this nation. Nothing is being done about it. From Fox, two Iranians who could pose a significant security threat captured at the U.S. border. That means that there are two others that got through. From just the news, 659 known suspected terrorists captured in fiscal year 2023, the most in recorded history. That's captured. How many got through? 659 got through or were captured. I would say an equal number got through. They're just trying to blend in to get in easy. But if they can, all they need to do is have somebody bring them in through stealth, but they will get in. Now something interesting from Mongolia. Oh boy, Reuters. Lithium-hungry France strikes Mongolian exploration deal. France signed a deal with Mongolia to search for lithium and moved a step closer to mine uranium in the Asian country. The deals are one of the highlights of President Kurel Suk's visit to Paris, which comes less than six months after President Macron stepped off in Ulaanbaatar on his way back from a G7 summit in Japan. French officials said the exploration deal was in a preliminary phase with France investing $422,000 to explore a potentially lithium-rich basin in Mongolia via its BRGM geological service. French officials said nuclear group Orano had also cleared a key hurdle to develop a uranium mine with Mongolian partners, which could account for 4% of global supplies. There you go. Daniel 12 Technology today. CNN. It's not Star Wars level tech yet, but doctors get a step closer to a bionic 
hand with special surgery and artificial intelligence. This is really amazing. Phantom limb pain. If you've ever had something cut off like your hand, I can tell you it hurts very bad. I, this is a bionic hand, so I'm kidding. Um, phantom limb pain is a common problem for people who undergo amputation. You think that you still have your hand and you don't, and you want to scratch it and you can't, okay? So this is something that people go through. And so is the ability to function even with a regular prosthetic. But a medical advance that sounds like it comes straight out of Star Wars is giving at least one woman significant relief from that pain. She now has a functioning bionic prosthetic hand that can feel sensations and help her to do about 80% of what she used to do with both hands. Her arm was cut off about here. They've got an extension and she can feel with it. She can use 80% at this point. Okay, so. Karen had been using a regular prosthetic hand for years, but it was hard to control. And as with even the most tech-advanced prosthetics on the market, it was uncomfortable and sometimes even painful to use. On top of that, the Swedish 50-year-old who lost her hand in a farming accident had been living with excruciating phantom limb pain for more than 20 years. To relieve her pain and to gain function, she agreed to be a part of an experiment that would give her a bionic hand. The team says she is the first person in the world with a below-elbow amputation to successfully get a bionic hand directly connected to her neuromusculoskeletal system. Her prosthesis is considered bionic because it is attached to her nervous system as well as to the muscle and bone. Unlike a traditional prosthesis that attaches to the end of her stump through suction or a harness and cable system. Although some other kinds of implants require external equipment, the bionic hand is completely self-contained. Surgeons embedded a controller, a wrist-shaped battery unit, and a mechatronic coupler, a device used to transmit power that connects to the neuromusculoskeletal interface so she doesn't need any additional equipment like a large battery or processing unit. In other words, it's powered by her own body, okay, to get the signals from the brain to the bionic hand to tell it what to do and to give it a sense of touch. Doctors transferred a muscle graft from the woman's leg to her arm so the nerves could reconnect to a neural target. Using the muscle also prevents the formation of new neuromas. Doctors then plant a electrode in that muscle, which works as a biological amplifier, boosting the electrical signal from the brain into the hand, where AI algorithms inside the prosthesis interpret the signal and allow her to move the bionic hand. Because the nerves are engaged in this process, Karen has a limited sense of touch through the bionic hand. Now she's able to hold and release objects with a wide variety of shapes, turn a door handle, pick up coins, prepare food, pack a suitcase, and many more practical activities that she could not do before. It's worked for three years, a good sign that it has been well integrated into her body, researchers say. Since the nerves are involved in an activity, Ortiz Catalan said it also significantly reduces phantom pain. Her phantom pain level dropped from a 5 to a 3, the study said, and her stump pain vanished entirely. That is cool. That is Lee Major's $6 million man yeah, type of yeah. stuff right there. Yeah. That is cool. Okay, it's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. From LifeSite, 
I'm not making any connection here. I'm just reading an article. You, you can make whatever connection you want. Israeli boy featured in COVID vaccine campaign dies of heart attack at age eight. Yonatan Ehrlichman, grandson of a distinguished physician in Beit El, died unexpectedly of cardiac arrest while taking a bath. The eight-year-old boy is said to have slipped under the water after his heart suddenly stopped beating, causing him to drown. The video he appeared in made him a poster child for the vaccine campaign in Israel, which became one of the most draconian nations in the world for vaccine measures. From Just the News, Pfizer slashes revenue estimates as COVID vaccine sales slump. Pfizer has been expecting 67 to 70 billion dollars in sales, but that number has now dropped to 58 to 61 billion, and it's going down fast. The dossier, Trudeau regime puts Canadian detective on trial for investigating a link between infant deaths and mRNA vaccines. She's just asking questions of people and they put her on trial for it. Whereas during the COVID pandemic, you could ask anybody in your business, are you vaccinated or not? Because if you're not, you have to leave. Now, after the pandemic, you can't ask anybody, even just voluntarily. Would you tell me about your... They're, they arrested her and they're trying her for it. Zero Hedge, animal contraceptive and antibiotics detected in 10 popular fast foods. Now, this might not sound bad, but I'm going to tell you, when you got antibiotics coming into you, eventually you build up an immunity to it. This will be one of the reasons for the revelation plagues going so bad is antibiotic overuse or underuse, meaning you start a course and you don't finish it in the end times. It's already happening. We're getting all kinds of sepsis and stuff that antibiotics cannot treat. They have to use like 20 different ones in a regimen that almost kills you to kill these things because we are becoming immune to these antibiotics. They found them in 10 popular fast foods. In September, moms across America submitted food samples from 10 popular American food chains to the Health Research Institute, an Iowa-based nonprofit laboratory that tests food for nutritional value, biofunctionality, and contaminants and toxins, requesting that the laboratory test the samples for over 100 common veterinary drugs and hormones. Molecular and chief scientist at the Health Research Institute, John Fagan, confirmed that his lab tested the food samples. Most of the food was sampled from America's top 10 most popular food chains. Volunteers for MAA went to their local McDonald's, Starbucks, Subway, Chick-fil-A, Burger King, Taco Bell, Chipotle, or however you pronounce that, uh, Dunkin's, Wendy's, or Domino's stores and ordered the same meal several times. Kept in its packaging, each meal was sealed, frozen, and mailed to the Health Research Institute. At the laboratory, the food and its packaging were ground up and then tested for veterinary drugs and hormones. With the exception of Chipotle and Subway, all the food samples tested positive for veterinary drugs. So you're eating drugs that did not fully process through an animal. Morality is declining. Breitbart. Biden's HHS imposes gender identity pronoun mandate on employees. If you're in the HHS now, you must identify a person by their preferred pronoun or you will be fired. Biden's HHS is ordering its employees to defy biological reality by referring to transgender coworkers by their preferred pronouns. The HHS, which employs approximately 80 thousand people in the United States and abroad imposed its new gender identity and non-discrimination guidance late last week 
which outlines employee rights and protections related to gender identity. Where are the rights of the people that don't accept this nonsense because of their religion? CBS, that's the one with that crazy guy that thinks he's a girl in charge of it. Yeah, Levine. CBS, California law will make student suspensions for willful defiance illegal. By July of next year, it will be illegal for public schools in California to suspend students for low-level behavior issues after Newsom signed legislation banning willful defiance suspensions among TK through 12th grade students throughout the state. Now, I said they were going to sign this about eight months ago when it was proposed. They're going to sign this, and they're going to have absolute chaos in schools. And they signed it. Introduced by Senator Nancy Skinner, guess what party she belongs to? The reason is simple. Suspending students, no matter the age, doesn't improve student behavior, and it greatly increases the likelihood that the student will fail or drop out. With Governor Newsom's signaling of SB 274, California is putting the needs of students first. No more kicking kids out of school for minor disruptions. Students belong in school where they can succeed. These are all quotes from her. Under SB 274, teachers would be able to remove a student from a specific class for unruly behavior, but the youth would not be suspended from school. Instead, it would be up to the school admin to determine appropriate and timely in-school interventions or support for the student. Support the student that will not do what the teacher says to do. Sit down, please. No, they can't do anything. Nothing. Chaos. They can run around and talk on their phone all day long. That teacher can no longer do anything in California. Yeah, what about the other students who aren't learning anything? Okay, got some other news here for you. From the post-millennial, Biden's Treasury Secretary says U.S. can absolutely afford more war. With tens of billions of dollars already spent in Ukraine and another conflict brewing in the Mideast, U.S. Treasury Secretary Yellen declared that America's could absolutely afford more war. Her statements come as the Biden admin ramps up efforts to assist Israel amid rising tensions between the U.S. ally and Iranian-backed Hamas. Now, they admit right there it's Iranian-backed Hamas, and yet Iran isn't really responsible. This is the most threatening and challenging geopolitical environment that I have ever seen. And at the same time, the U.S. is in its weakest financial position since World War II, with debt to GDP at 122%. Sky News' Wilfred Frost said, quoting a statement made by Paul Tudor Jones earlier this week, Can America, can the West afford another war at this time? I think the answer is absolutely, Yellen replied. America can certainly afford to stand with Israel and to support Israel's military needs, and we can and must support Ukraine in its struggle with Russia. Yellen went on to suggest that, contrary to what Jones and others have said, the American economy is doing extremely well. From human events, Jack Posobiec Biden admin has created a hyper-escalation on every front of Israel, Gaza, and Russia-Ukraine wars. The Biden admin has just announced 2,000 American troops are being prepared to deploy in support of Israel. They're not going into Israel at this time or into any battle, that is. Uh, This is in addition to the two aircraft carriers that the U.S. has sent to the region. The amount of 
personnel needed to man each carrier totals 10,000 people. With the addition of ground troops and the battle carrier group, Jack predicted America is sending around 12,500 troops total to Israel. He predicted that the Biden admin would call for mass U.S. involvement in the war. After one deployed American gets killed, and that last week was a full-force assault on your amygdala saying we must get involved. And guess what? We won't know who fires the shot. We won't know where it came from. He declared that this scenario is what warmongers want. In other words, these guys are in support of the war. Something is going to happen to somebody, and Biden's going to say, we need to go in. Even if it was our own people that did it. That's, yeah. he, that's what he's hinting. He then referred back to a clip of U.S. Secretary of Treasury Janet Yellen stating American economy is doing extremely well. As an argument to continue funding Ukraine in addition to support in Israel... This is Mearsheimer's warning on steroids, he said. What we have been warning you about for the past 18 months under this admin. Posobiec put things in perspective, reporting that President Trump was issued a gag order on Monday by Judge Chutkin, who is a foreign-born, making it illegal for him to comment on his pending legal battle. Governments are being toppled. Hyper-escalation is on its front. Presidents gagged. Who knows what's going to come? Just an analysis, but I thought it was good enough to read you. Military Times. Nearly 70% of active service members are overweight. Yes. The growing prevalence of obesity in service members reduces the readiness of the all-volunteer military. But it isn't a moral failing. It's a health crisis. The report reads, framing obesity as an issue of insufficient willpower or discipline prevents soldiers from seeking and receiving treatment makes commanders and healthcare workers less inclined to intervene and worsens health outcomes across the services. The BMI, which is based on a 200-year-old calculation that sought to define the body composition of the normal man, has faced controversy in recent years. I reported on this about a month ago. The AMA in June, or a couple months ago apparently, updated its policy on BMI, acknowledging historical harm and racist exclusion associated with the index because BMI is based primarily on data collected from previous generations of non-Hispanic white populations. That's what they're worried about. It's racist to have a BMI. The new policy urges doctors to use BMI as one measure of body composition, complemented by measurements of visceral fat, body adiposity index, body composition, relative fat mass, waist circumference, and genetic metabolic factors. <sighs> just see if they fit through the door. Yeah, just see if they fit through the door, because a lot of them don't anymore. From the Gateway Pundit, Biden. Who in God's name needs a weapon with 100 rounds in their chamber? He keeps doing this, and he did it again this week. Once again, Biden, with his foolish rants, asks who needs a weapon with 100 rounds in their chamber. The obvious answer, if they were even available, every law-abiding citizen in our country. Yes. Hence, we have the problem that came up in Israel. The Biden regime has created a very dangerous situation with our open border and is putting our citizens in danger. Yes. Joe has the audacity to tell Americans that we don't need to protect ourselves. Would he subject himself to the same standards he sets for us? Not likely. The Secret Service is heavily armed to protect him. Who in God's name needs a, a weapon with 100 rounds in the chamber? The weapon is only meant for one thing, to kill people, Biden said during remarks at the 2023 Human Rights Campaign National Dinner. Well, that's what it's for, is to kill people. When they're trying to kill you, you pull out your gun and you kill them. 
It's just a guy's, he's just insane. Amen. Zero hedge. Democracy achieved. ACT test scores for U.S. students dropped to 30-year low. According to data published by ACT, the average composite score on the ACT test fell to 19.5 for the class of 2023, a decline of 0.3 points from 2022. The average scores in mathematics, reading, and science subjects were below ACT college readiness benchmarks, indicating fewer seniors than ever are ready for college. Uh, that's probably a good thing at this point. Get them, don't have them go to college and just have them get into the workforce. About 1.4 million high school seniors took the ACT test. About 21% of them met benchmarks for college subjects. 21% educated in our country. And a shocking 43% met none, not one of the benchmarks. Wow. <laughs> Telegraph. And it's now, been renormed. It's been renormed now. Down, that's right. Okay, uh, from the Telegraph. Now, I want you to think about this because this is what Orwell said to do to destroy a society. Think of this. From the Telegraph, George Orwell was sadistic, misogynistic, homophobic, and sometimes violent. It's called a source fallacy. You attack the source and you discredit them because of who they are, not because of their content. George Orwell said to do that. So that's an irony all by itself. But then the family came out and said, absolutely none of that is true. But they have got that into the mainstream now, and we will continue to hear this about George Orwell so that nobody will want to read what he said so that they can do what they can do. Okay, who said it? It's unnatural and unhealthy for a nation to be engaged in global crusades for some principle or idea while neglecting the needs of its own people. Reagan. Not Reagan. Senator William Fulbright. I was related to Buckley. Anyway, Fulbright. Um, okay, I got a less here for you. Like the father, your uncle knows best. He still wants to put fat to the test. You can't fight the good fight when you're not very light. It's not morals, but health that's addressed. Good job. Okay, uh, yes, we, uh, we have a terrible world in which we're living. We've got a lot of uh, bad going on. We've got uh, a nation that, uh, I will admit, I say it every time I say it because I don't want people to think that I'm sold out to Israel just because they're Israel. They are not right with the Lord Jesus, okay? That is the first thing I'll say. But they are morally in the proper stance in what is going on in the world right now. Okay, they're a lot more moral in most ways than the United States at this point. They have a lot of problems with LGBTQ and all that kind of stuff, and they're going to suffer for that. But we're in a world where right is wrong and wrong is right. Okay, and this is only going to increase. And so I would ask you that instead of being depressed about this, that you would just simply put your hope in Jesus and keep looking for his coming. It is coming. We don't know when. We, you know, people that guess when it's coming are wrong. They will never be right. It, they will never be right. Okay. Um, even if they say he's coming tomorrow, they won't give the exact second. And you know what I'm saying? There, there's just people make up predictions just to try to sound like they know what they're talking about. But that's not important. What's important is that Jesus Christ is coming, and He will deliver us from this. We may suffer in this world before that. With what's happening on the southern border, I would say it's probably a good 
case to be argued that a lot of people are going to suffer. Yes. Depending on where you live, you know, your region may be more susceptible than others. But um, I read an article this morning about Washington, D.C., that it's like a war zone and it's only getting worse. OK, um, don't put your trust in this world. And I wouldn't even say put your trust in Donald Trump or in any other person, okay? These are politicians. They're going to make mistakes. Uh, they're going to get uh, cheated out of elections. All these kind of things go on in this world. Keep your hope and your heart on Jesus. And if you've never called on him through the simple gospel, Christ died for your sins. Christ was buried. Christ rose again. If you believe those three things, the Bible says you will be saved because it is by grace that you are saved, not through any works of your own. And I will tell you this, even though people love to argue against it, you cannot lose what God gives you. If you can lose your salvation because of something you've done, then it means it was never of grace. You had to continue doing something. Grace is grace, and a lot of people just cannot get that. Go look up the word grace, find out what it means, and then apply it to your lives. Don't be you know, frustrated in your life because somebody's told you you can lose your salvation. You can't. God is not going to do that. That's why we have Israel. They have turned their back on him since the very founding of that nation yes. under the law of Moses. I mean, it, Moses is up there receiving the law. They've been given only 10 commandments and they violated them, okay? And yet God has saved them all the way through their history because he said he would. He covenanted with them. Their unfaithfulness does not negate his faithfulness and that applies to you as well. A couple ironies and we'll be done. This is making green power go from Fox, this is in Kansas, energy company doubling down on costly, dirty coal to power a massive EV battery plant. Yes, and then from the Cowboy State Daily, this is in Texas, largest EV charging station in the whole wide world, powered by diesel generators. <laughs> Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.